JD Talking Sports. It is Tuesday, April 17, 2019. Let's get right to it. I just read on Netflix that Mike Myers is going to do a half an hour series, six episode order, where he'll portray multiple characters. I'm willing to watch it. I just saw John Cusack is going to be in, uh, Cusack is going to be on a new series. And I forgot to see something. It's on one of the stations. Uh, it's one on Hulu. I think it might be on yeah, Amazon, one of them. But he's going to be on a series. And I love John Cusack, man. Yeah, seriously. Better Off Dead. He made that movie where he was in love with the disc jockey. He plays a hitman, which I can't remember right now. It's going to bother the hell out of me. Oh, Hot Tub Time Machine, which you do the second. You know, I still haven't seen the second one. But I am a big, big John Cusack fan. 16 Candles. Uh, yeah, then he had the one where he was a hot pursuit. Oh, sure thing. If you have not seen uh, the sure thing, let me tell you, you are missing. Yeah, gross point blank. If you have not seen the sure thing, he is freaking amazing. Nicola Sheridan's in it. And one of them, um, Michigan has a favorite movie. It's called Gotcha. Anthony Edwards is the star of that. I have a feeling she's seen this movie too, because how could you not? See every Anthony Edwards movie. If you're a fan of Gotcha, you got to enjoy all the other movies. That's just me. But yeah, wow, John Cusack, big fan. Yeah, I never saw the movie where he plays the uh, guy from the Beach Boys, which I want to see. I got the Jets schedule today. Jets week week two. Okay, here's the schedule. Week. week, week, Where am I? Week two. Wait a minute. I want to know where they. Yeah, wait a minute. I had the schedule right here. The Jets schedule. Week two, they play, they host Cleveland in the in Monday Night Football. Oh, and they're going to meet in week 10, Jets-Giants. So week one, yeah, the Jets will get, play the Bills week one. Then they host the Browns week two. Then they go to New England for week three. Uh, the rematch will be a Monday Night Affair in week seven against the Pats. They'll meet the Giants week 10, as I said. They're going to play the Steelers with Le'Veon Bell week 16 at home. Yeah, so they're going to play, okay, week four by week five at Philly. Week six, Cowboys. Week seven, Monday night against the Pats. Week eight at Jacksonville. Week nine at Miami. Week 10, Giants, 1 p.m. That should be it. You know, that should be a freaking Sunday night game, just for shits and giggles. Then week 11 at Washington. Week 12 hosts the Raiders. Week 13 at the... Week 12 uh, Raiders host. Week 13 at the Bengals. Week 14 host the Dolphins. Week 15, Thursday night at Baltimore. That's in December. That's going to be freeze your ass off. And last game of the season is against... Oh, I'm sorry. Then Pittsburgh, second last at home. And then at Buffalo to end the season. But how about that week two freaking Monday Night Football Cleveland, September 16th. I will be watching that game with bells on. You know, and the Bills should be improved. It's going to be a, that's a pretty tough schedule. Then they have a bye. Then they have the Eagles. Cowboys should be, they got a tough little schedule. They're Jacksonville with Nick Foles. Miami, Miami, I don't know what they're going to be this year. If it, there's a picture of Fitzpatrick said he was eating too much birthday cake of his seven kids. He is chunky and not good chunky. We're not talking like sexy. We're not talking dad. Yeah, we're talking major dad bod on that front. Uh, Steven Mass last night, the Mets gave up 10 runs in the first inning, and he g- gave up eight runs that he get an out last night. So they lost, I think, 14 to. Th- what did they lose last night? 14 3. Yankees won 8 nothing, And the guy whose last name I can't pronounce 
Had a big, oh, Mets are playing the Phillies right now. Yeah, last night the Mets lost to... They lost 13... 14-3. And let's look at Steven Matz's... Uh, okay, yeah, Steven Matz. Four hits, no, no innings pitch. Four hits, eight runs, six earned. One base on balls, two home runs. 31 pitches. And then... Uh, Guy named uh, Gagnon pitched five point one five and a third seven hits six runs five earned and uh, see Pat, Paul Sewell uh, finish up with two innings but hey did not get the win last night but Conforto who had such a bad year hitting last year four home runs ten RBIs so far in the season and he's hitting three thirteen which is good Mets lost but they're ten and seven Phillies improved to seven and six they're playing right now. They're playing right now against um, Philly right now. It's a day game. Who's pitching today for the Mets? Zach Wheeler is pitching for the Mets. And Philly's got today Jake Arrieta, who got his, I think, his 100th career win in most recent start. How about, and Columbus beat the freaking 62-win Tampa Bay Lightning last night to get the sweep. Islanders got the sweep, and now they're not going to have any more goddamn playoff games at Barclays. The OKC Thunder with um, uh, Russ, Russell Westbrook, who's getting paid, outplayed by Damian Lillard and uh, C.J. McCollum, they're down 2 nothing, and they're going to be out quick, I think. Everybody's bashing, uh, you, know, you know, because they're saying how, you know, Russell Westbrook doesn't make teammates better, takes a lot of shots, has to hold the ball, control the ball all the time. I know he gets a lot of triple double, doubles. And also, you know, they're saying that, um, oh, my God. Oh, I'm blanking on names today. Shh. Paul. Paul George. That shoulder, bad. Not good. So tonight we got Bruins, Maple Leafs, Predators, Stars, Flames, Avalanche. But Islanders swept. Now the Islanders could get Washington second round and... uh Barry Trotz, who can never they can never get out of the second round. Well, he did it last year when the uh, Caps finally won the Cup. But Tampa Bay, freaking a monster season. They're out. Four games. I don't know what the fuck happened on that front, but that's not good for anybody. I was talking to LG last night. Her daughter was looking at colleges. Georgia. She wants to go to UNC. Everybody. I wouldn't want to go. I said, well, you know, you and your husband are legacies. You know, your, your kids should be able to get in there. She said, it doesn't work that way. I guess that was just an animal house where the legacies work. And I, I had my uh, physical today. And the, the woman who works there, her older sister, I took to my junior prom. And she was talking about how she's going to look at colleges now. And one of the colleges her daughter wants to look at is USC, University of South Carolina. You know, everybody thinks USC. No, there's USC on the East Coast, too, down south. So I was going to tell her maybe get in touch with LG. But, you know, they're just looking at colleges. She's a junior. She wants to be a nurse. And uh, mom is trying to keep her a little closer than uh, South Carolina. South Kakalaki, as I like to call it. Crazy, crazy. Yankees got the win last night. And who hit the, who hit the home run? Oh, and I saw Kristen Yelich for the Brewers has hit homers in seven straight games against the Cardinals. Nine home runs in the season. I think 25 RBIs for Kristen Yelich. He's having a pre- pretty freaking awesome season, to, to say the least. And the Yankees won 8 nothing last night over the Sox, the Sox. And James Paxton... 12, struck out 12 in his first start against uh, the Sox. Chris Sale did not do well. Did not do well at all. But 0-4, Paxton improved to 2-2. 
And what the hell is... Oh, yeah. Urshela. No, not Urshela. I'm sorry. Uh, Talkman, the left fielder, two for four with a... Did he hit a grand salami last night? No, two on a three-run homer last night. Pretty cool. So he's got uh he got his uh, fr- Clint, uh man Clint Frazier. Another home run last night, fourth on the season. He's got eleven RBIs. Glaber Torres hit his fourth home run. Touchman Tauchman hit his first. And Yankees improved to seven and nine. Sox fell to six and twelve. But Paxton eight innings, two hits. No runs, a baseball, ball, and 12 strikeouts. That's not, it's nice. It's nice. Very nice. We like to see that. Yeah, it's always a good day. Yeah, I did a very long podcast yesterday. I have to go train soon, but I wanted to get in the show because I'm hanging out in the city, uh, going out to dinner tonight, and I didn't think I, I would get home so I could do a show tonight. So I decided, let's do one now. Let's get things going. You know, and I said, you know, not a bad thing to talk about some stuff. Good to talk about. Okay, so, yeah, St. John's did not get Porter Moser, did not get Bobby Hurley. And uh, Cluis, according to, they're still not, I don't know if he's, uh, they want him, I've heard, you know, six-year-old, he played at St. John's from 79-81 before transfer to Hofstra, and his three brothers and sisters all played there. Let him on to six NCAA tournaments in nine years, but his hefty buyout that created an impediment. There was a report that St. John's interviewed Yale coach James Jones. But sources played down his chances as a chances a candidate, though they did say his name has come up and he has talked to Craig the, the uh, AD. Duke associate head coach John Shear, who knows Craig from his days in Durham, and Greg St. Jean Mullins, top assistant coach, have been discussed as potential candidates, but are considered long shots. Give it to him. Why not? They said, but also, this, the late signing period begins Thursday. The Johnnies lost their only two committed recruits, junior college prospects, uh, Valdir Manuel and Cam Mack, and the live recruiting period is coming up on April 26th, 20th. you got to get a coach. you got to get somebody in there. So let's pick somebody out and make it happen. And Brianna Stewart tore her right Achilles tendon. I just told, I forgot to tell Carol today, in the EuroLeague championship game, just five weeks before the start of the NBA season, uh, his father, her father, Brian Stewart, confirmed the injury and said she is expecting to have surgery in L.A. this week. She's, yeah, she's out. She's going to miss this season. No, it's not career-ending, but it's certainly going to put her in the barn for a while. Yeah, damn straight. They said six months recovery. That's what I've read. She spent the WNBA offseason with the Dynamo Kursk of Russia playing the EuroLeague Championship game on Sunday. She landed awkwardly on the foot of fellow WNBA star Brittany, Brittany Griner, who was defending her for Russia's UMC Ekaterinburg after attempting a jump shot. She grabbed her ankle. She came to the court. They, she won the... Uh, the Storm won the WMA title in 2018. She averaged 22 points, eight rebounds the regular season. She's 24, first pick in the 2016 draft. She won four straight NCAA championships. WNBA season starts May 24th, which really sucks. Now, wait, it's only April, May, June, July, August. Well, maybe, yeah, and, I, and she's going to miss the season. Yeah, it's not happening, but that sucks. I wish there was something you could put something over and be like, okay, and you're good. You're all good, but that's not happening. So that really sucks. Yeah. Kind of sucks. Not really sucks because I like watching her play. And it's amazing that they haven't, you know, since since she left, UConn hasn't won a title. She was that good a player. Yeah, she, she was awesome to watch. She just was winner, winner, chicken dinner. Really good player. I love watching her play. I was thinking about Rock today. I was thinking about Lithuanian Laser today. I got to do a show with him. 
Gumbushev has auditioned today. I hope that's going well for him. Training him tomorrow. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. You know, I'm, I'm... Oh, and I've read something interesting too that, you know, Roberto Clemente, he had exactly 3,000 hits before dying on December 31st, 1972 in a plane crash off the coast of Puerto Rico where he was delivering relief supplies to earthquake victims in Nicaragua. Final battle of the regular season came that September 30th against the Mets at Three Rivers Stadium. The night before, he actually reached space against Tom Seaver with a chopper that bounced off the infielder's glove. Originally, originally it was called a hit, but then they uh, ruled it an error. This this, this. There were just 13,117 uh, people in the stands on that day in Saturday. You know, it was football season in September. And even the even uh, Matlock didn't even know he uh, didn't even know that he was on the verge of getting to three thousand hits. And uh, David Moranis, who wrote the definitive biography of Clemente in two thousand six, said that the emerging Steelers were drawing fans from the Pirates, and that Three River Stadiums was not an appealing place. But those were not the only reasons for the apathy. A lot of it had to do with the social mores of that time and place. Moranis wrote in an email: Pittsburgh was the quintessential quintessential white working class steel town, and the Pirates were seen as too black. Only the year before, they had fielded the first all-black and Latino team in Major League history. After Clemente died, he was martyred in Pittsburgh, and everyone said they loved him. But that was not the case when he was alive. He had to overcome a lot of, in terms of race and language in Pittsburgh and did not really win the city over completely until he died, which is really fucking disgusting, to be honest with you. And, you know, they were, they were saying how, you know, you, they retired Jackie Robinson, but Latino players to this day won't wear 21. You had uh, Ruben Sierra wear it, Delgado wore it. But a lot of players now, they, they will not wear it. And it's basically, it's unofficially, officially retired by Latino players. And they have the Roberto Clemente Award, which is for sportsmanship and, a, you know, a community service. But I agree. I don't know why. You know, the this Pirates have it retired. But I think if you can retire, Jackie Robinson says you surely can retire Roberto Clemente because he's up there. Yeah, I, I definitely, that's what I feel. That's my, that's my point of view. Listen about this. So you know how future generations... Uh, are rewarded from uh, their their predecessors in terms of money. Magic earned less than twenty four million in his entire career. LeBron earned thirty three million this season. And this year, this year the top prize in each tournament on the PGA Tour, even the Corrales, uh, Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, is more than Woods earned for winning the 1997 Masters. The FedEx Cup bonus pool has doubled to seventy million dollars. You know, Woods was collecting one point fifty million. They said a year in, in sponsorship deals. Uh, and he they said uh, he has a golden hallow effect. Initially, people wanted to buy products associated with Woods because they aspire to identify with him. Those deals all went away after, you know, is fucking with everyone, that, everybody that walked. But they said it could return, you know, but if, if the hallow effect returns, so could the sponsorships. He also provided informational value. People believe the apparel and equipment he endorsed was of high quality as long as he was high in the world golf rankings. Yeah. You know, the value still in him uh, being with Nike because of the extra endorsement effect that wasn't eroded from the skin, which, yeah, people still, you know, listen, as a golfer, he's phenomenal. They said Saturday's television ratings were the highest for the third round of a tournament since 2015, and Sunday's viewership was solid considering, you know, they actually did it, started much earlier in the day. And then also I read this says so uh, the late 1990s, according to the National Golf Foundation, minorities in 2017 made up 18% of all U.S. golfers, while well, they made up 25% of new golfers. Two, two decades later, just 6% of new golfers were minorities. So it kind of, which happens. And Jay Monahan, who's the new commissioner of the PGA Tour since 2017, 
Said he, uh, the new schedule with the PGA Championship held in May and a long-term $2 billion international television rights agreement with Discovery. Yeah. Yeah, peaked at, at, yeah, come on, peaked with Tiger Mania. According to Gallup, in 2005, 5% of Americans surveyed said golf was their favorite sport to watch. By 2017, it was down to 1%. It was tied with volleyball, boxing, gymnastics, motocross, figure skating, and road, rodeo. According to the Sports and Fitness Industry Association, 29.5 million Americans played a round of golf in 2007. 2017, it was 23.8 million and a decline of 19.3%. I, I like working the course. I don't like actually playing golf, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Ken Draper, Kevin Draper wrote the article for the New York Times. Also, there's a First Tee, a youth development organization founded in 1997, or Woods TGR Foundation. They're hoping the kids will start playing. It's a great sport. Good for business and everything. Um, Yeah. Incredible. And Tampa Bay actually had the most best point total since the NHL's current system began in 2006. They scored 103 more goals than they surrendered. Didn't mean shit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Crazy. Just unbelievable to lose that. Six times since the trophy was introduced in 1986, the team that won it lost in the first round. Yeah, but all of those teams at least won one game in the series. And the Canucks in 2012 lost four games to one and they had 111 points. But Tampa Bay this year had 128. Unbelievable. And they ended up losing to uh, the LA Kings who went on to win the Stanley Cup that year. So that's something to be said about that. Yeah, so, and, and now they're thinking about the coaches they're going to bring in for, I heard, the Lakers. Tyron Lou, which I think will give too much power to, uh, too much go to LeBron. Um, then they have Miami Heat assistant Jawan Howard, which I know Michigan would really like if that would happen. Monty Williams of the Sixers. But they said now the Clippers actually, you know, are they have, they have a shot at getting Kawhi Leonard. They're the team now that's looking at... They they were the other team in LA, but now they think that's where the t- players want to go there as opposed to going to... Uh, as opposed to going to LA. And so there was this girl who was fascinated with the Columbine ki- killings. They found her dead. Yeah, found dead, which is terrible. And then what happened at this, at the cathedral in Paris, which I've never been, never been to Paris. My parents have. And to watch it burn down like that, scary. And one of the priests went in to get some artifacts. And uh, it was interesting. My Carol is married to a, her. Her wife is Jewish, and her wife said, "Why would they run in to get the artifacts?" She goes, "Think about, think about if the Torah, if the Torah was in there, the Torah was in there." The, the rabbis would have run in there too. That's how that the artifacts in there were amazing, and they had these, uh, you know, stained glass windows and everything. It's 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 scary, very sad. Oh, and the giant giant schedule is up. Let me look at the giant schedule. Giants, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, all right. It's another Giants Cowboys opener. Okay, so the Giants start at Dallas, then Buffalo home, then at Tampa Bay. Week four's skins. Week five. Vikings at home. Week six at the Patriots Thursday night. Week seven host the Cardinals. Week that's week seven Cardinals. Week eight at the Lions. Week nine Dallas Monday night at home. Week ten at the Jets one p.m. 
Week 11 bye, week, which is always better. I think the bye is better later this season. Then at the Bears, week 12. Week 13, host the Packers. Week 14, at Philly Monday night. Week 15, Dolphins home. Week 16, at the Skins. And week 17, Eagles. So they got, let me see. Let me see. Dallas, winnable game. Buffalo, winnable game. Tampa Bay, win, winnable game. Washington, definitely winnable game. Minnesota, the Giants could start off all right with Tupac uh, Barkley. I mean, I mean uh, Saquon Barkley. But I thought that was interesting. And then I read this thing about uh, sleep studies. That, uh, you know, for instance, drinking alcohol before bedtime doesn't help you fall asleep. Myth, you know. Your brain doesn't adapt to getting less sleep. No, it doesn't. And sleeping five hours or fewer a night can greatly increase the risk of heart disease. Yes, this is all true. Putting to bed some myths about, for instance, drinking when you have doesn't. Yep. All those things. Yeah. They did uh, researchers at uh, uh, NYU Langone's Health School of Medicine, published Tuesday in the journal Sleep Health. There's such a link between good sleep and our walk- waking success. It's a lead study in investigator Rebecca Robbins, a postdoctoral research fellow in the Department of Population Health at NYU Langone Health. And we often find ourselves debunking myths, whether it's to news outlets, friends, family, or a patient. They comb through 8,000 websites to discover uh, what we thought we knew about healthy sleep habits and then presented those beliefs to a hand-picked team of sleep experts to determine which were myths, and they ranked them by degree of falsehood and importance to health. Wow. They said uh, also in a, a longitudinal s- study of 10,308 British civil servants published in 2007, researchers found that those who reduced their sleep from seven to five hours or fewer a night were almost twice as likely to die from all causes, especially cardiovascular disease. Science has also linked poor, has also linked poor slumber with high blood pressure, a weakened immune system, weight gain, a lack of libido, mood swings, paranoia, depression, and a higher risk of diabetes, stroke, dementia, and some cancers. No, and you actually can sleep too much, they said, and harm your health. Taking a nap in the afternoon can fix insomnia. Actually, if you sleep long enough to enter a REM or deep sleep cycle, it can mess up your body clock even more. And it's better to have a warm than cool bedroom. No, you sleep better in cooler temps. And they said no no amount of caffeine can help you deal with the adverse implica- implications of insufficient sleep, nor can you train yourself to adapt to sleep deprivations, Robin said. Sleep is a highly active process. It's crucial, actually, in restoring the body and is, in fact, the most efficient, effective way to do so. All right. Oh, and I was reading about Will Chamberlain, you know, 100 points. Back when he played in the fourth quarter, they said the teams were passing for him layups. They were passing up layups and open shots so they get the ball to um, Wilt, and the other team was intentionally fouling, fouling him other players to deny Chamberlain the ball. He actually played all 42 minutes, which never happened because Clay Thompson scored 16 and 29 minutes uh, in a game where they blew out the Pacers by 36. Yeah. And he actually had 37 points in the third quarter. He played the whole third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they could let a guy. I mean, what did, what did uh, Kobe at 81? They're not gonna, they're not going to let that happen anytime soon. That's that's just not going to happen. Yeah, they're not going to they're, they're gonna, it's not going to happen. And the Jets got some nice. All right. Oh, and then, the, so there's a 30-mile ultramarathon. And I saw this article in the Post. Uh, David Kilgore uh, does, certainly doesn't plan on running along the FDR Drive on Saturday afternoon. On a Saturday afternoon. 
but there was no other way around the construction of the East River walkway, and he turned around, um, and turning around would cost him the lead in the grueling 30-mile race around the city, and he wasn't breaking the rules. There was none. I thought I was going to lose too much time, so I just went for it to the 27-year-old runner, went up darting between the Manhattan Highway speeding cars on his way up east onto 20th Street. His destination was a third checkpoint in a series of eight in this underground foot race, the fifth annual OSR 30. Part of an increasingly popular trend, these ultramarathon races that occasionally make their way to cities are not usually sanctioned and always span longer than the 26.2 miles of a marathon. This year's OSR 30, which took place on March 30th, started on the Lower East Side, covered the perimeter of Manhattan, and included parts of Brooklyn, such as Dumbo and Williamsburg, bringing with it particular challenges for Kilgore. There was the highway miscalculation for one, which the runner partly blamed on his overuse of the GPS app on his phone. He said, I made a few deviations off course. He's from a Florida native who's lived in the city for only a couple of years. I'm definitely not as familiar with the city as some of the other guys. But Joe Donato of Orchard Street Runners, who designed the course, said the adventure element of the event only keeps runners, only helps runners break away from the mold of traditional races. It's like the whole city is our disposal. There's no one here to stop us. Donato said you can run anywhere, so why don't you? He says, why are you sticking to one fucking path? All right, for the 30 men and women, increasing, including this reporter, who towed the starting line of the OSR 30, running such long distances through the city streets as part of the thrill. No race medals are commemorative. There's no T-shirts. One prize, $100 for the fastest man and woman across the finish line. Kilgore, along with the other competitors, paid $70 to enter the race, maintained a place in the front pack until about a dozen or so miles in when he started to lose momentum on a long stretch of the West Side Highway. And last year's winner, 36-year-old Travis Hawkins, passed him for first place. I knew that the guy Kilgore was fast and that he was going to go after it, Hawkins said, but I just had a stick on doing my own thing and the execution went perfectly. Hawkins, he's a world-class triathlete who works as a personal trainer in the city, kept a steady clip of just over six-minute miles to break the tape on Ludlow Street in downtown Manhattan. He set a course record of two hours, 55 minutes, and 30, 58 seconds. He said, I was just running through the streets with my friends. I felt like a kid. Kilgore, who struggled with hitting the wall, finished in third place in three hours, 13 minutes, and 40 seconds. This is urban running at its peak, and everything Donato could have hoped for when he designed the course. I love when my races break people, said Donato, who started his running group nearly 10 years ago after losing his gig as an architect. And that's what we did. We fucking broke Kilgore. <laughs> he, happens, he operates the running group full-time, organizes several races around the city each year, getting out the news about them through social media and word of mouth. Usually they don't know the course until minutes before the start time. The number of people participating doesn't meet the city's requirement for a permit, so it's up to the athletes to obey or not the rules of the road. They're not also recently put up, besides ultramarathons, put up what he dubbed the Bread Root Races, a three-race series ranging from four to six miles designed in honor of the Italian immigrant family's bread truck routes in Manhattan, with some starting as early as 2 a.m. during cold, rainy weekends over the winter. He said, sometimes I think the worst conditions are the more runners are willing to show up. They're complete psychopaths. This year's OSR 30 was held in the same weekend as two other popular ultras, one known as the Speed Project, it's a 340-mile relay race from Los Angeles through the desert of Las Vegas for teams of around 6 to 10 runners. The other than the notorious Barkley Marathons is a terrifying 100-mile course in the hills of Tennessee that not one runner finished this year. Holy shit. I mean, that, you just hear about races like this. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Pretty freaking cool, man. Yeah, pretty cool.
And it's a reason why some runners who can't race at the speed of short-distance run sprinters can sometimes land on the podium. You're not necessarily thinking about the run itself, says Steve Green, who has a job in corporate banking and clocked an impressive three hours, 34-minute finish at this year's OSR 30th. 30. You're thinking, how far away am I from the other runners? Do I have the best route? Is that taxi around the corner going to hit me? <laughs> I saw that article. I was like, I got, I got to talk about this today. I just got to. I was like, I got to talk. So Joe Kemp, New York Post. Saw the article. I was like, I got to talk about this. I thought I saw something. Did I see something else? Yeah. The Mets are up. So we got the Jets schedule. We got the Giants schedule. Oh, and Lori Laughlin thinks is outraged that they have been branded cheaters. Yeah, as per a source, it's putting unspeakable stress on her and her family. They're having to play this out all publicly, and they're fair game for jokes and memes, but also outraged people who are saying that they're cheaters, they're being destroyed. Yeah, they're delusional. That's what the fuck they are. And then if they go to trial, Lori Laughlin's terrified about that because everything will be in a microscope, and, you know, paparazzi bill over that shit. It's really, it's a family matter. Well, is it really? I was like, you know, you guys screwed up big time. And how about this? A member of Marquette's men's lacrosse team was arrested for disorderly conduct and resisting arrest on March 3rd after reportedly engaged in sexual activity in the volleyball locker room, according to Marquette Wire's John Stepp. The player has not been identified. The athlete claimed he was at the Al McGuire Center on campus uh, doing laundry at 3.10 a.m. Central Time. But actually, he didn't have any laundry with him, according to Officer Carolina uh, Seidel's incident report. The sexual activity was consensual. The female stood until the, uh, the Marquette University Police Department, though her claim did not absolve the lacrosse player from any of those aforementioned allegations. Though her claim did not absolve... Oh, did not know, so, because he still was banging. He shouldn't have That's what they're saying. So Marquette head coach John Amplo suspended 19 players from the team after they lost to Cleveland State on March 9th. At the moment, there is no reported link between the March 3rd arrest and subsequent mass suspension. They're 6-6 six and six with three losses in the last four matches. Marquette, the Golden Eagles will play Duke on April 20th in Bethpage, New York. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah, because I always do my laundry at 3.10 in the morning because that's the best time. To, you know, nobody's using the machines, right? I mean, that's, that, that's the key. That's the key. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Fitz looking kind of fat. Fitzpatrick, yeah, it looks like he's been eating a lot. A lot of food. Yeah, Paxton was uh, first Yankee with eight scoreless innings versus Red Sox with at least 12Ks since Mike Mussina in 2001. Fantastic stat. Yes, I mean, made my whole day. Yeah. Yeah, lightning out of the playoffs. Kawhi, 34 through three quarters, they blew out the uh, magic, which was what they should do. Oh, Jarrell Big Baby, Big ba- Baby Miller, who's going to fight uh, Anthony Joshua, tested positive for, supposedly tested positive for banned substance, GW1516. They were going to fight on uh, June 1st at the Garden on Dazzin. Yeah. Came from a urine. Now Miller, this is crazy. Um, Twenty-three and zero, one draw, twenty Ks. He accused he had accused Anthony Joshua of using PEDs during the media tour to announce the fight in February. And this is the thing: this dude was going to get a career high four point eight seven five million for the fight. 
cost him millions. Not to mention additional money earned from a percentage of the profits from the fight on Sky Sports box office pay-per-view in the United Kingdom. And his deal with Dazen also called for two comeback fights worth $1.5 million apiece in the events he lost to Joshua. The biggest purchase of his career was a little over 500000 for fourth-round knockout of Bogdan Dinu on November 17th. So that's, think about that. Now, it's GW1516, also known as uh, Carterine, and uh, Enderobel, is on the World Anti-Doping Agency's ban list. It's classified as a metabolic modulator. And I think they might use it to assist in fat loss or use it as an endurance booster. Uh, WADA has warned athletes of health risks connected to the drug, which in early, which in early trials caused cancer in laboratory mice. Unbelievable, dude. Just not good. Not good. And now we, who's he going to fight? I mean, if they're going to cancel the fight. Yeah, I just... Oh, and Le'Veon Bell says uh, uh, James Conner will have uh, 17 touchdowns this season. Okay. We got to get that fight against Deontay Wilder. That's that's the fight I want to see, not this shit. Oh, and CC put a... Clint Frazier put uh, a picture of Clint Clint Frazier of... uh, Of... uh, Cleats on a pair of Timberlands. I thought that was pretty funny. And Damian Lillard and Tina Thompson are, are related. He, she said, my nephew. But I kept looking up if they're related, and I can't find anything about the two of them being related. So I was like, okay, I can't find how they're related. And I wanted to find out how they're related. I was like, damn it. Yeah, the OSR 30. And I am following that Orchard Park Runners guy, uh, Donato. You know, another guy I want to get on the show. Crazy. Yeah, Browns. I like that. Browns in week two. That's nice. Matt's line. Eight runs, zero outs. That's a shitty way to end, huh? Brianna Stewart. Ugh. Sucks. I want a friend. Uh, last night I ran to the field during the Phillies game, and the security couldn't catch him. Got to get better shape, guys. Got to get better shape. Oh, and uh, Blazers uh, trolled. Colin Cow- Coward tweeted, OKC is crushing during last night's game, and Blazers kept the receipt. Congrats to Colin Coward. That's what they said to me. Dipshit. I can't stand Colin Coward. Oh, and then Bart Scott, not a fan of Belichick. He said uh, he said he was on the sidelines AFC Championship game with, uh, he was on the Bleacher Reports, the Lefko show, the 2015 Pats-Colts uh, AFC Championship game, and he was with uh, Coward and Gonzalez. So Belichick shakes Tony's hand. Uh, speaks to Bill. I'm, he said, I'm shoulder to shoulder, nothing to me. Uh, at this point, I'm like, bro, now you've been an asshole. He says nothing to me. Don't, he doesn't even look at him. He goes, they find you've been an asshole all over there, but you came over to us, a group. Tony kind of gave me a look, says, don't do that. I was about to say, you rude motherfucker. Yeah, you know. And then, uh, it even went beyond that. Because even uh, stepping foot in the Patriots building proved difficult for Bart Scott, who became a consultant with Morgan Stanley after he retired to help guide NFL players' finances. And guess which team did not want him at the uh, Patriots wouldn't let me come. I got information to help your team, and Bill will never let you in the building. Really? Word? We still got beef? What the fuck does he think I'm going to do? Uh, take reconnaissance with the, uh, uh, you know... T- isn't it talk reconnaissance with the Jets? I don't play for them no more either. Sounds like he's got a little more beef right there. Yeah. Hey, listen. 
once you're an enemy, you're always an enemy. Just got to look at it in that respect. All right. I know I talk a little fast sometimes. I realize that. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I want to get out of my mouth. All right. Last show's trivia question. So the Diamondbacks and Rockies have a player who has led their, their franchise in hits, home runs, and RBIs. Well, it's interesting that the leader in all three categories is held by this one person for the Diamondbacks and one person for the Rockies. Diamondbacks, their leader in home runs, RBIs, and hits is Luis Gonzalez. And for the Rockies, it's Todd Helton, who actually was a backup for uh, Peter Manning at Tennessee. Okay. Who is the first player to homer for his 3,000th hit? Who is the first player to homer for his 3,000th hit? Yeah, that's that's a trivia question. And, uh, you know, it, uh, 356 lifetime average, and everybody thought it was a chicken. I had a t-shirt that said that one time. That's a hint. Or three, yeah, 356 lifetime average, and everybody thought, it was a chi- everybody thought it was the chicken. That's my that's my clue for you. All right, I got to go to work. Mets are winning. Yankees just get another win tonight. Jets open against the Bills. The Cowboys open against the Giants. And the Giants-Jets week 10. I'm excited about that. All right, folks. Have a great day. Peace out. Talk to you soon. Ryan Fitzpatrick, lose the fucking weight, dude. You're a pig. LG, love you. Lithuanian Laser, miss you. Rock, always. Gumbo Chef, have a good audition today. Michigan, stay classy. Peace out, folks. Oh, and uh, Sherry. Happy Pesach. I know the familiar is coming into town. Big times. Prime rib Friday night. I'm very excited. I love my prime rib.